Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Money Purpose series created at Blossom Media Studio. Today, our guest is Jeremy Schneider. Jeremy is a successful entrepreneur and an expert software developer. He founded RentLinks in 2004 and profitably grew it with no outside funding until successfully exiting with the acquisition by Appfolio in 2015. Prior to founding RentLinks, Jeremy worked for Microsoft for two summers as a software development intern and served as president of Michigan's ETA Capanew Honor Society. Jeremy Schneider retired at 36 and found Personal Finance Club, where he shares daily money and investing tips. Let's welcome Jeremy to today's show and get started. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, Mimi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you um, for being here today. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect. And I'm super excited to hear, you know, all that you have got and what you have been doing during this pandemic and have things changed for you? You know, you've been retired since 36. So have things changed for you because of pandemic? <laughs> um, you know, I think things are different for everybody during the pandemic, you know, it's, a, it's definitely like a weird world out there. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like my finances and my health, those two things have been uh, not impacted uh, or nearly not impacted at all. So I count myself very lucky uh, mm. to be among those. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's weird, weird world to walk outside and have everything kind of be different. Right, right. And you have been already at home. Um, yeah, so I ha I wasn't like going into a job anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do travel usually for some reason or another pretty often, and I've stopped doing that. And so now, and actually, in late February, I moved uh, in San Diego. We, we actually live pretty close now. Um, and so I did have kind of like I lived in a duplex before, and now I like live in my own place with a, a guest bedroom. And so um, it definitely is like you know I've just been like in this new house by myself for the last uh, several months. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So maybe you can walk us a little bit um, to your journey of financial literacy, um, you know, for people that haven't followed your journey or don't know about you. Um, what can you tell them, I would say, in few sentences about your journey? <laughs> well, my like 30 second life story is that when I was in college, I was graduating and instead of getting a job, I decided to start a company at the age of 21 or something, maybe 22. Um, and I was a fledgling company for years, but I stayed persistent, finally kind of started growing it. And then um, at the age of 34, we were up to a million dollars a year in revenue, um, but I was still living on only $36,000 a year salary. That's mm -hmm. the most I ever took home because I was paying all of my employees and reinvesting all the money in the company. And so I was still driving a 99 Ford Explorer and living with roommates and like living very frugally. Um, and then, yeah, 34, someone bought my company for $5 million, um, which, and we had never taken any outside funding. And so it was actually my mom and I were the two owners I brought her on after I started the company. Amazing. And so we basically got all the money. And so I got $3 million from the sale. I paid a million dollars of that in taxes to the government and basically ended up with $2 million. Um, and then I worked for two years, but I still, just like before and after, I kept spending less than I made. Mm. So even, even before I sold the company, my net worth, ignoring the value of the company was about $140,000 because I was living on 36,000 and spending 31,000. Mm. And then that $5,000 a year difference for like the 12 years I was growing the company, I was investing it. And that was about a hundred, you know, a hundred something thousand dollars. And then, uh, yeah, then after I sold the company, got 
a much higher paying job for the company that bought us. And then I kept living very frugally and investing all my money. And then at the age of 34, my net worth had grown to about, or sorry, at the age of 36, my net worth had grown to about $3 million. And so basically my investments were growing faster mm. than my income was even providing. And so I basically figured I didn't need to work anymore and I quit my job. Um, and now my net worth is about $3.5 million. It keeps going up more or awesome. less. You know, During coronavirus, it took a little bit of a hit for me. Um, buying this house was a little bit expensive, but you know, I'm still basically following the rules. Living, you know, I have two rules of personal finance club, live below your means and invest early and often. And I think that I have basically, you know, all the other complex stuff in the world of like money and investing. Yeah. If you do those two things, that's like really the, the core, that's the base of everything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have two questions for you. First one is maybe you can share with us a little bit about your background and how and the mindset that you caught on early. How did you had that mindset and idea of starting a company and not wanting to you know continue with college, but like actually pushing even harder for the company? Was that something that your parents instill in you, or is just something that you heard from mentors, or just a personal thrive that you always had? Yeah, I've always been a really shy kid. And so I didn't really see myself as this like solo founder guy that just mm. would like forge ahead by himself. <laughs> I kind of thought I would be like the tech guy as part of a team um, because I was a computer programmer. But um, it just kind of happened that um, I had worked for Microsoft for two summers as an intern. And then as I was graduating, um, I didn't want to leave my college town due to a relationship I was in and I didn't want a real job. and there was really no other like companies I saw around that needed a, a tech guy that mm. I was aware, was aware of at least. Um, and so I just basically kind of fell into it. I was like, well, I guess I'll try myself, even though that wasn't really my plan. I didn't really have like a ton of confidence around that. I just kind of felt like had nothing to lose. I was broke, I had no money anyway, so I might as well be broke and say I'm starting a company. Um, yeah. And then just, it was like day after day of, of sticking with it and figuring stuff out. Um, you know, I'm certainly a product of my circumstance. I was very mm. fortunate to have two parents who were both, you know, kind of like upper middle class successful people. They both went to the same college that I went to. Yeah. Um, they talked to me about money. Yeah. Um, so for sure, I was I was fortunate in that regard. Um, but I also don't think that I was like, you know, given a small million dollar loan from my from my father and, and gifted his business or something like that. It wasn't, right. it wasn't like a legacy thing. It's just a, I decided to start from scratch thing. Yeah, no, that's that. I I think it's really important to know too, because uh, a lot of people have not, you know, have parents who have taught them about money, or they might have had a very different idea about money. And it's important to know where does your money mindset comes from and break that pattern if it's something not healthy. But if it's healthy, obviously you can continue on with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I totally agree. Sometimes you know, I talk to people who. They just think you should spend every single dollar you have, that you should borrow as much money as you can get your hands on, that, you know, they kind of just like this very backwards view of money in my mm -hmm. perspective. And I think it is because that was the expectation that was set by their parents. And that's a very hard thing to switch. So I think that it's a good, you know, a good thing to like be aware of that and say, hey, is my view of the world like skewed? Yeah. You know, is, you know, is the way that I think about money the way that's actually the best? Yeah. Or am I just kind of like living in this, this washing machine of staying broke because that's what I'm used to seeing. Right, right. Um, so 
let's let's talk more a, a little bit about pandemic right um i know we you already mentioned not a lot has changed for you except you moved to the new house but what is the one money habit that you would recommend people never change even during a time of pandemic or the normal time like how they should treat their money and never change it yeah i mean i, I sound like a broken record maybe because it's so important but i think you always have to spend less than you make and so um and if it's a pandemic i think that's even more true because if you have not been doing that and you spend every dollar you have and then your income is disrupted then you're suddenly in this like very bad space where you're you know broke and you right. either need to borrow money or do payday loans or uh, overdraft fees or hope for government bailouts or whatever but if you have been spending less than you make for the few years and then you invest half and save half and then your income goes away then you're in a pretty safe position because you have savings you have investing you can take time to find your your um your next job or whatever and so that like delta by just living below your means mm -hmm. is so important and it's you know if you if you've never done it and you're broke today it's not something you can just like magically fix right but you you know take this as a lesson where next time this happens and maybe it won't be another coronavirus but it might be a personal emergency or an illness or uh, you want to take a year off because you had a kid or who knows what, when you have that buffer of money and that financial independence, you know, the world kind of opens up and you've got options. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk about more people that are broke right now from your perspective that you have built a company, you have invested money, you have pivoted, you know, even the time before the pandemic. But I mean, what I hear from most of the people, that out there that it's so hard right now it's such a tough time right now what can i do how i can do and they feel defeated but i would like to hear from your perspective what are the things out there that people can do to actually pivot or increase their income or maybe we even just add on a little bit more to their income that might not be existent right now because they're furloughed or they got you know pay cuts yeah i mean i, I i'm not gonna paint too rosy of a picture and like wag my finger at people who who don't have work right now because we just are in them still in the midst of this right. economic catastrophe where unemployment went from like five percent to 35 percent yeah. in two days or something um and so when you can look at that third of americans and be like why don't you get to work you know like clearly there's very right. massive economic right. impacts um and so part of it is there's just a reality of the hard economy but I guess I would say, you know, keep hustling because things are going to change and keep looking for that work. But I'd also say look for unique opportunities because mm -hmm. when when big economies are changing like this, while some things are getting crushed, like if you're a bartender, for example, that right. would be very bad because no one's really going to bars. But if you're like in the home fitness equipment space, uh, that would be good because, you know, home right. fitness equipment has like skyrocketed up. And Absolutely. so, you know, there's opportunities there where you're like, okay, what is different? What are, where, where is this, where are these dollars going? And see if you can like start a small business or start a side hustle. And so like, I have a friend who is basically doing like yoga on Instagram and she charges like 20 bucks a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she used, she was an in-person yoga teacher, but that was very, you know, you can't, there's no more in-person right. yoga, at least for the time being but she basically used her network and started an email lists and just started hustling. And now she's got just like subscribers and she's making money doing in-person yoga. And that, that that's really the right tool for everyone. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's just other opportunities like that that are presenting themselves. And if you 
really pay attention and do some hustling, you can capitalize on it. Right. So you come to me as a very um, different thinker. I would say you always think outside the box and you look at things more holistically. So where do you go to get ideas or inspiration for your next things or your hustling? Um, You know, I think in general, I would like to think that I go to the market. And so Mm. I want to know what people are thinking. And so I'm always trying to collect feedback. Um, And, you know, so like I spend a lot of time on my Instagram. And so Mm. I get a lot of feedback from that and try to get a sense of like, you know, my my current space is personal finance and investing. Mm. And so I really, you know, I have a forum on my website where people are constantly asking questions. And so I really try to be like very tapped in to what people what people's points of pain are Mm. and when you're when you're hearing those points of pain you don't necessarily listen to their suggestions because a lot of people times Mm. people will suggest something to you like hey uh it's really hard for me to open a bank account you should make a video series on opening a bank account and you know you don't necessarily need to take their suggestion but say hey people are having trouble opening bank accounts maybe I need mm. an easier kind of bank or something, you know, maybe like you can, you, you can suggest a solution and then you can take that solution and test it with people. I mean, you know, may, opening a bank is maybe a, a, a big of a lofty goal, but right. you know, if someone's saying, Oh, it's impossible to find fitness equipment. You could say, Hey, what if I went to home Depot and put concrete bricks on a bar? Like, would you buy that? And like, right. Oh, they say yes or no. And you can like kind of hone, hone the situation from there. Mm, I love that. I think we just got the entrepreneurship uh, lesson 101 right there. <laughs> it's to sure. really listening to your market, what they want, and then use the knowledge that you have to apply to solve their problems. Cause the market will tell you what they need right now. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people that need to hear if they do want to pivot to do hustle or business really go out and ask surrounding what do they need Um, that's a really good one and let's go into investing because you that's a rule number two that you always mention in your personal finance club is about investing early so can you maybe share a little bit your outlook on that and what do you really mean by investing is that real estate is that stocks is that everything because the word investing is overwhelming for you know the average person that have not dived in yet i agree and uh you you know buckle up because i i love this and i can talk about it all day so basically when i sold my company and i had this windfall of a couple million dollars i did not want to lose that money you hear about these lottery winners who yeah burn all their money and then they're broke or whatever and so i basically started reading books on investing. And I was just kind of reading everyone I could get my hands on. And like, as I'm reading these books, like the sky clear or the clouds part and the sky clears. And I'm like, all these books say the exact same thing. And they're not what you hear just like by walking Mm. around in space because no one is, other than people who write books just for altruistic reasons, like no one is selling that message because there's no profit in investing Mm. for the individual. And so when you hear about Forex and day trading and stock tips and and uh, like drop shipping and yeah. mar- multi-level marketing companies. It's like it's it's like ah and, yeah. And I, I've started clicking on some of these ads, and so yeah. I've been when I, when I watch YouTube, I'm just like my YouTube is like overwhelmed with ads. It's like nonsense. It's all nonsense. Right. And so right. what is the right thing? There's basically only two things I would ever invest in. One is the stock market, and the other is investment real estate 
That's like mm. buying rental properties. Yeah. And investment in real estate is kind of like starting a business. So let's focus on the stock market. And when I say the stock market, I don't mean picking and choosing stocks and day trading and guessing. I mean buying the entire stock market because the stock market is what's called very efficient. Mm -hmm. And so I can't look at any individual pr price of a stock and say, hmm, Apple is undervalued right now because I have more information oh, than yeah. some total of human knowledge combined, which is constantly being priced into the stock market. And so since I don't know if Apple is undervalued or overvalued because everybody is trying to guess, everyone knows Apple is a good company. So Everyone's all speculating. Right. Everyone's just speculating. And we all know Apple's a good company. We all know they sell a lot of iPhones. So just because we know that we can't buy it and know it's going to go up because maybe people people knew that a year ago too, and they bid it way up. It's now you're, you know, you're the sucker that paid too much for it because the guy bought it a year ago. And so since we, so since we can't know what Apple's going to do going forward, what can you do? And the answer is you can just diversify, which is to buy every single stock. Mm. And it sounds crazy with the first time you hear it because like, wouldn't you buy the bad stocks too? But the bad stocks have been priced so far low that if they just outperform by a little bit, then yeah. they shoot way up in value. And so you can't know which ones are the yeah. bad stocks in the same way you can't know which ones are the good stocks. But if you buy everything, then what you've done is you've guaranteed yourself your fair share of all market growth. And so we know that the stock market on average grows about 10% a year over mm -hmm. the last hundred years. That's yeah. what's done. And so if you put, so I kind of did a study. I went and looked at the stock market in the, in the history of its, yeah. of its run from like the late 1880s mm -hmm. to, uh, to uh, current day. And if you put $250 a month into an S&P 500 index fund, which mm -hmm. is just to buy basically the 500 biggest stocks yeah. in the US market, and you do that for 40 years, during every single starting year and every single finishing year, no matter when you do this, any 40 years in history, mm. you'll always have over a million dollars. So 250 a month turns into over a million. And the average final value is 1.9 million because only in the worst every year did you end up with like 1.2 million, which right. was right in 2008, I think. And then the best year you had like over 3 million, which was at the end of the dot, uh, dot com boom. Wow. Um, but you know, whether it's 1 million or 3 million, you're talking about 250 a month that turns into a million dollars. And so that's, that's what investing is. All the other nonsense, which is like all this like complicated stuff, it's just people trying to sell you garbage, mm. you know, because they're trying to like sell a course to make themselves rich. But real investing is just to invest early and often, buy and hold, and let time and let the market do the work. Wow, I love that, and I can see your passion just shine right through it. <laughs> um, so this is more personal question for me, and I think that people are gonna that have researched a little bit about investing. I still don't understand the difference between S&P 500 and ETF. Okay. I, I get really confused. Is it the same thing or is it different? So, <laughs> I, so there's, there's this thing called like, say that there's like these layers of investing because there's all these different layers to it. And, and so you're kind of talking about two things that are like at different layers. Oh. And so like the biggest layer is, um, or I guess we should start with the smallest layer. The smallest layer is a stock. Right. And so, we can go buy a share of Apple and back in the day, they would like give you a little certificate that said one share Apple on it. And then mm -hmm. you could like physically trade that with someone else and they'd give you money and give them the share. And that's how you, that's how you kept track of who owns the business of Apple. Mm -hmm. um, but now we do that digitally, of course, so you can log into a website and see yeah. your one share of Apple. So that's the smallest, um, smallest, uh, like beginning uh, layer. Of, yeah. yeah. Then stocks are often contained inside of these containers for stocks, which are called mutual funds or ETFs. Mm. And so a mutual fund or ETF is the next layer. It's basically like a bucket of stocks. 
And so if you, um, and so your question to the S&P 500, that's just one type of ETF or mutual fund. Oh, I see. Okay. And so, so there could be an S&P 500 mutual fund, which is going to buy this collection of stocks. That's the 500 biggest stocks, mm -hmm. or there could be an S&P 500 ETF. Um, and the S&P 500 itself is just a list. It's just a list of the 500 biggest stocks. You can Google it and see which stocks are on that list. And so the ETF is just going out and buying stocks according to that list, basically in proportion to their size, the most of the biggest stock, the second most of the second biggest stock, et cetera. Then the next bigger layer, there's only four layers, so it's not gonna take that long. The next bigger layer is an account, which is like a brokerage account. Mm. So you go, so just like you have a checking account or a savings account, you open up a brokerage account, mm -hmm. but there's other names of accounts like Roth IRA or 401k. Okay. And inside of those accounts, you hold, hold mutual funds. Mm. And inside of those mutual funds are the stocks. And so a lot of people ask, what's better, an index fund or a Roth IRA? Mm -hmm. And I said, you're confused because you, you do both. You open up a Roth IRA, which is an account, and then inside of that account is an index fund. And then inside of that index fund is yeah. uh, the stocks. And then the biggest layer is the brokerage or the bank with which you open the uh, mutual fund. So to go mm -hmm. from the top to the bottom, you go to Vanguard, the brokerage, then you open a Roth IRA, the mm -hmm. account, mm -hmm. then you buy a mutual fund, mm -hmm. the container, and inside of that is the stocks. And so those are like all the layers that, and you know, it's kind of confusing when people hear those terms, they don't yeah, get it. Yeah. It's like a little like sort of Russian dolls and, and you have to go all the way down <laughs> exactly. to the small one before you find the actual stock and, and people will like conflate the layers or whatever. But it's, once you kind of like wrap your head around that, like, oh yeah, I have a, there's a website that has my account that has my fund, which has all the stocks in it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Actually, it's very visually easy for me now. I can understand <laughs> more. Okay. Um, is that and then the second investment that you were talking about is real estate investment. Um, is that something like it will be a journey of starting a business and like just invest, buy more, and then eventually resell or? Like yeah. So real estate, I don't talk about as much because it's not really my area of specific expertise. But the reason I like real estate is because just by holding it, it pays you money. And so if I buy a rental property then I put renters in there and then that is like generating income. And, that's, and so the longer I hold that, there's all these like compounding mm. benefits, which is there's a mortgage pay down, the rent incoming rent, uh, the appreciation of the property and there's actually a tax benefit too. And so, and that's true for both stocks and real estate. The mm -hmm. longer you hold them, the more compounding growth exists. Where that's not true with something like gold or Bitcoin, which is there's no income from gold. If I buy gold, I'm yeah. purely, just speculating on the future value of a rock. Whereas if I own a cash flow positive rental property, I don't need to get a, I don't need to get the speculation part right. Even if the value of the property goes down, that's okay because it's paying me money, right? right? And so I don't want the value of the property to go down. But if it does, I'd much rather own a rental property than gold, in which case I just straight up lose money. And right. so stocks and index funds are basically how you Old things that constantly pay you money. That is what real investing is. That is what building wealth is. All the other nonsense you see on YouTube video ads, just flatly ignore. I know they're super convincing. I watch these guys. I'm like, what are they like? Do these guys even believe it? Or are they just like full of shit to try to sell something? <laughs> I don't know. But like, you know, that's kind of the sad part about the world, which is like they're paying for YouTube ads because they're getting money from people who right. are watching it. Whereas the, you know, 
the tried and true method of index funds and real estate investing, you know, not as many people are really selling that because the profit margins aren't as high for them. And it also doesn't sound flashy because it's too simple. Totally not flashy. <laughs> yeah. I was like watching some YouTube ad. It's like, you know why people aren't investing in like Amazon drop shipping prime express because people don't know what it is. I was like, no, because it's just nonsense you made up and you're trying to make it sound like this get rich quick thing. But yeah, but it's like, oh, just buy an index fund and wait 40 years. That's not flashy. But in 40 years, you'll be a millionaire. Whereas if you do it the get rich quick way, you'll be broke for all 40 years. And so it's like, yeah, well, let's talk about get rich quick. Um, a lot of my audience that are watching are targeted towards more millennials and Generation Z and obviously generation, generation Y and like, you know, more, which the younger crowd who is not like in school or about to graduate now. And like for them, when you speak about, um, you know, start your uh, investment account or start your retirement account and start investing on it, they'd be like, um, that's like really far away. I need to find a way to make money now. Like tell yeah. me now what I can make. And this is an example of me even speaking to my sister who is like 23 and I start telling her like, you're working right now. So maybe you should start already investing, you know, just a little bit at the time and there's no yeah. commitment. She's like, yeah, but like, I don't know even I'm going to live till 65 to like, you know, get that money, but basically trying to get all into that. So what would be your outlook and maybe advice for those, you know, more younger generation or audience that is watching is, yeah, it, like live below your means, invest early, but like for immediate money or income that they want to look at right now, what would be the thing you would recommend them to look into? So I think that's a great question. And, you know, my answer is like, yeah, fuck 65. Am I allowed to swear on this program? Um, you can you can bleep that out. But yeah, who cares about 65? Like that's just this made up number that the government has said. And so like if you're if you're, for example, 20 and you want to retire when you're 35, which is four years younger than I am right now. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, hopefully you don't think I look too old and decrepit. And if you're just <laughs> listening, just assume I look awesome. Um, but you know, 35 is still very, very young. That's like, you're less than half the way through life. So you have half of your life where you're still very young. So the, the way to work from 20 to 35 and then never have to work again is by spending half of your money and investing half of your money. So I gave the example of 250 a month, but there's no reason it has to be 250. What about 2000 a month? You know, what if you make 4,000 bucks a month and you invest 2000? Mm. If you spend half your money and you invest half your money after 15 years, your investments will have grown so big that they will provide enough income indefinitely for you to live like on the same amount of money you've been living on. And so, you know, I think that's the mindset people should be having, which is not about like, oh, I put a little bit away and maybe I'll still be alive at 65. I get that, that's boring. But how about get aggressive about it and say, let's let's get financially independent. Let's get that FU money in 15 years mm -hmm. or 12 years, about 60, 40, something crazy like that, right? And that's that's like as quick as you can get rich. If you want to like make money by next week, the only way to make money by next week is basically to get a job. Like you want to make money by next week, you got to work. Um, you can start a company, but that's going to take. Can you repeat that years. again? Because I think for some reason, getting a job, it's not as fancy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, like if you want to make money next week, you got to get a job. That's yeah. it. Like there's, you know, there's no amount of Bitcoin trading or it's all, it's just all nonsense that's going to keep you broke. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, it's hard to get a job right now, but that's, that's like the way that you mm -hmm. like quickly earn income. 
if you can start a business, which is what I did, which I love doing, but that took me about 10 years to like make money. Yeah. And that's fine too. But just, you also have to realize that these are 10 year commitments. Like mm. there is no get rich quick, get rich quick is stay broke. So trust me, I know a lot of 35 year olds who are hitting me up right now and they're saying, yo, uh, I'm broke. I've spent the last 15 years trying to get rich quick. Like, is it too late for me to get started for real? And I say, no, it's not too late, but it would be better if you were done at this point and you were right. financially independent, right? And so don't don't waste 15 years. Um, you know, not that all your listeners are 20. And if you're 35, it's not too late. But you know, whatever you know, like the, there's like the the famous proverb, which is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is today. Mm. And so, yeah, it would have been great if we were all, you know, investing 20 years ago, but, you know, start today because that's, you're going to be very glad you did in 20 years. Right. I loved your passion behind it and really just very simple and practical steps that there's no, you know, get, get, um, you know, reach quick or just pay me as a coach and, you, you know, you'll make 50,000 six months from now which i mean i don't know it might work but it just seems not so practical to spend 20 grand right now <laughs> to for a coach um let's speak about uh the fire movement right like okay now that you get in fire um financial independence and now you get to do whatever that you want and you don't really feel that you need to work for money anymore what is that part of retired early or retire optional that you do and you see the benefits behind it. Uh, so uh, the word retire is a weird word because I feel like it just uh, like creates ideas of being 65 and sitting on your porch exactly. and a rocking chair with like a quilt over your legs or something. And, um, and retirement to me doesn't mean like I just stop contributing to society and just like, you know, burn my money all day and watch Netflix or something. <laughs> Um, but I think it's more about just freedom and it's about choices, right? <clears throat> you know, because the alternative to that is not being free and having to go to work every single day to make payments, right? And so like, that's not good either. And so what is good is like, is choices. And so, you know, my specific story is that I don't need a job anymore. And so now I'm doing what I really love, which is like talking to people like you about this stuff, which like, for me, that just happens to be my thing, but it could be like starting a nonprofit organization right. or it could be uh traveling and teaching or it could be uh you know doing something in a really altruist you know it could be instead of working in medical sales it could be being a nurse which like right. you actually feel better about yourself because you're helping in a direct direct way but just doesn't pay as well or whatever you know so you can you can still help even more i think without having like the acts of debt and and income requirements over your head um and so yeah i like i kind of like hesitate you know i use the word retire in my um, Instagram profile just because I you have like two seconds to catch people's attention and you I want to be like hey look this is like people like wait retire um, I don't know if it works or not but that was my yeah. idea well um, I yeah I yeah. think that's you answered the question perfectly and my reason of asking it is really debunk that myth that when you retire early you just sit on the beach and drink margaritas and do nothing at the you know at the age of 65 or something because that's the old school way of thinking and yeah. nowadays i've read it on internet i've seen it so many times if you have a laptop and internet and the yeah. desire you can become a millionaire yeah. so there's no nothing like stopping you like rather than our parents before they were limited on resources how they can achieve it and now yeah. you literally don't have any excuse yeah totally and if you retire early it's a perfect time to start a company or, or start your passion project or 
um, become an Instagram influencer or a, uh, start a podcast or whatever. And, it, and this is all stuff that you probably couldn't do if you had a nine to five, but also maybe has like a lot more potential. You could, you know, use it like to go travel the world if you're yeah. a travel blogger or, you know, whatever. And so I think that's like the beautiful part about being financially independent. Right. I love it. Love it. So what is next for Jeremy and Personal Finance Club? What is the next thing that you're doing to help the community of, you know, looking for improving their personal finances? Yeah, well, I still I still post Instagram every day and I just created a community on my website. So if you go to personalfinanceclub.com and click community, it's actually kind of like a blossoming little community forum questions and answers. And there's like a lot of people that's have, having really good discussions in there. Um, and I'm working on a course too. I know I, I was just trashing courses the last 45 minutes, but <laughs> you know, like the, my whole like sales pitch for this course is like, there is no secrets in this course. Like nothing in here is something you won't be able to find in a book or a blog. It's all this, it's like the tried and true altruistic advice that like it's given everywhere. But I have so many people asking me the same questions that I really want to like transfer the knowledge in my head. And so I'm basically putting it all down in videos with like little quizzes to like basically teach us stuff. I am going to sell it at like a very reasonable price just because I want people to take it seriously. And I'm going to use that revenue to like help produce even more free content because I've been doing this for a year and a half and I have yet to make a penny from it. Mm. Um, so like that is going to be like my revenue stream, but I think it's going to be really helpful too. So, but you know, don't need to buy the course. I'll post the books that say the exact same thing. Like it's all on the Instagram. It's all on the free community. There's like a ton of free options, but I think I just want to keep growing the message such that people who have not had this experience by of like parents who have taught them about money can like go to a place and say like okay this is a this is like a group that isn't trying to like sell me some nonsense they're just trying to give like the tried and true method right right um, so that's what that's what we're all about i love it i love it um so i'll definitely link more information to jeremy's uh website and instagram go hit him up give him a follow um Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me. I, I love the show and uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're now that I know that we're neighbors, we can go hang out on the beach.